this morning's got to be a little bit different, okay? Who likes a little bit different? Cool. It's probably a little bit less of a preach and more of a conversation. Is that okay? Yep, awesome. I'm glad nobody out there is going, no, because that's what we're doing. Um, I've been inspired about how we are in that silly season stretch, okay? Who knows what I'm talking about? The silly season stretch where all those events start happening, the assignments kick in, that's right, the exams, yep. Yes, the assignments, the exams kick in, the events. Work somehow ramps right up, family, and you get your head, you're trying to, it's like you're treading water, uh, you got your head out and you're just like, can't wait for Boxing Day. Who knows that feeling? Can't wait for Boxing Day because, I mean, let's face it, Christmas, we're rushing around seeing our family if we're not careful. Can't wait till Boxing Day. We get into that silly season survival mode. I'm also mindful of how we are in this really interesting transition right now, which is coming out of a year where it's been locked down. I mean, I was reflecting, I was having a conversation with someone the other day about how um, Kim and I have been on board on staff for one year, one month, and five of those months has been at home. (laughs) Has been at home, trying to... How do we pull together church online? But that's weird, right? We've all had to learn how to work at home. And, and, and in that process, we've been reevaluating things, right, in our lives. And this has been a conversation I've had with lots of people, not only in our church, outside of our church, how we're almost in this transition season right now where... Um, You know, there's been things in our lives where we go, do they really make sense anymore? Are they important to me? And you start to what's called deconstruct. Do you know what I mean? It's like you you kind of break it down into its parts and you go, this is no longer relevant for me. When I look at my life, I'm not sure about this. Do I really need it in my life? And what can be really dangerous is in a time where we start to deconstruct and we go, man, Life's too busy, is that important anymore? Or uh, I'm not sure about those things. You can stay in that space. Whereas what God is wanting to do is reconstruct. He's wanting us to build our lives up again. And so one of those things I've been contemplating in these conversations is what is the purpose of the church? You know, we're in the season of love our city right now. And I love what Pastor John talked about. We've had two significant events this week where I think we've seen close to 600 people turn up. We had the light party recently where there was about 280 at that. Those are significant moments. I'm looking forward to Christmas carols. Who loves a Christmas carol? You! My personal goal is how can we invite 1,000 people And in that, if four or five hundred turn up, how awesome. What a moment where, you know, we cannot, we cannot underestimate the barrier it can be because we've all been there to walking through those doors to church. But how easy is it to, hey, let's come celebrate Christmas, let's sing some carols. Alex is shaking his head. Alex is going to be, I know Alex, Alex is going to be deeply involved regardless. Of his thoughts on a singing a Christmas carol. Yeah. 
But in that, what is the purpose of the church? I'm going to start with this thought. Do you know what our city needs? Do you know what our world needs? Jesus, yep. But it also needs the church to be the church. That is something I've been reflecting on this year that is stirring up deep within me. What our city needs, what our world needs, is the church to be the church. What it doesn't need is the church to be another event. You know, if the church is just going to be that hour and a half event that happens on a Sunday that we come along to, then we know what happens. If church is just that, then, you know, by the, if it's not entertaining, what else is out there? You know, if it's not entertaining, man, I could go, I don't know, join a club somewhere else. I could go to a show. The church needs to be the church, not an event. The church needs to be the church, not another club. You know, the day we become another club, again, I'm going to be like, man, why don't I join the football club? Why don't I join the basketball club? Why don't I join the whatever club? No, the church doesn't need to be another club. It needs to be the church. Church doesn't need to be a political party. I'm so sorry if that challenges you this morning, but the church needs to be the church. And this is something significant that Paul wrote a lot about, and I was inspired. Who loved Pastor Julia last week? Like, come on, that statement that I wake up every day and think about, feel the heart, be the heart, we can't be the heart unless we feel the heart, and we can't feel the heart unless the church is the church. Do you know what I mean? Unless the church is the church. You guys might remember the last message I talked on about our identity as being the temple. Do you guys remember that one? I'm the temple, you're the temple, we're the temple. How important it is to know that as our identity because that means that we carry the presence of the Holy Spirit with us wherever we go. But this morning, what we're going to do is we're going to take a look at something else Paul says about us. What does it mean that the church stands up and be the church? So something really significant, if you're taking notes, I mean, Paul didn't just talk about this once. He wrote to the church in Corinth. It was important to tell them about this. He wrote to the church in Ephesus. It was important to tell them about it. He wrote to the church in Rome, the church in Colossae. This is important, and I believe that this morning, for us, the church in Albany, we've got to get a grasp of this, okay? So, we're going to go to 1 Corinthians 12. So if you've got your Bible, pull it out. If you don't have a Bible, don't worry. I'm going to read it out this morning. Um, I've been inspired by something uh, that's in 1 Timothy where it talks about devoting yourself not just to preaching and teaching, but also the public reading of Scripture, something that Paul wrote to Timothy about. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to read this passage out, okay, and just listen to it, and then we're going to break it down. Because in this, 
you're going to see why it's important that the church is the church, not another event, not another club, not a political party, not just somebody who stands there and has some running commentary on what's happening in our, in our world. We need to be the church. So we're in 1 Corinthians 12. We're going to start at verse 12. Who's ready? Who's ready not to fall into autopilot right now? Good. We're not thinking about lunch. Awesome. I don't think I can even think about lunch after having two barbecues yesterday. But here we go. So we're in 1 Corinthians 12, and it's from verse 12. So let's listen to this. It says, The body is a unit. Though it's made up of many parts, and though all its parts are many, they form one body, and so it is with Christ. For we are all baptized by one spirit into one body, whether Jews or Greeks, slave or free. We are all given one spirit to drink. And now the body is not made up of one part, but many. If the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body, it would not, for that reason, cease to be part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I am not the eye, I do not belong to the body, it would not, for that reason, cease to be part of the body. If the whole body was an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? And if the body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But in fact, God has arranged the parts of the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. And if they were all one part, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, but one body. And he goes on to say, the eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. And the head cannot say to the feet, I don't need you. On the contrary, those parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. And the parts that we think are less honorable, we treat with special honor. And the parts that are unpresentable are treated with special modesty. And while our presentable parts need no special treatment, but God has combined the members of the body and has given greater honor to the parts that lacked it, so that there should be no division in the body, but that its parts should have equal concern for each other. If one part suffers, every part suffers. If one part is honored, every part rejoices with it. Now you are the body of Christ, and each one of you has a part in it. What an awesome passage. We are the body. You are the body. It's not just we are the temple, but we are a body. We're going to break this down. I love it. Who's heard that passage before? Yep. Should be a few nods here. Awesome. Who's kind of skimmed through it before? Yeah, I was waiting for a few more hands. Well, we're going to take some time to break it down because I think there's a couple of powerful things in it. I need four people, okay? And I'm so sorry, but I'm not going to give anybody a chance to say no because <laughs> I need four people. And so I'm going to get Jess because Jess is an amazing young adults leader. Yes, so good to have you. Jess, if you could please join us up here. And because... Um, Ben is like trying to get eye contact with me. Ben, if you could join us, please. Both Ben's actually perfect. Yes! 
Yes, other band too. And to make it um, easy on everyone else so that you can just stop freaking out, I can't do it to Kim because there'll be words afterwards, but we'll get Pastor John because Pastor John's a legend. Awesome. Perfect. Now, um, I'm just making this real messy. Thanks. Sorry, John. You're going to have to jump over it like a skipping rope. Cool. So, we've just talked about how we are the body. And it's so easy to skim through it. But I love this. There's a couple of significant things here. One of them is this. Remember, it says the body is not made up of one part, but many. And if the foot... Pastor John, thank you, should say, because I am not a hand, thank you, like, see, didn't even need to prep them this morning, they know what they're doing, so, yeah, jazz hands, yep, happy hands club, or whatever that's called, yeah, if the foot should say, because I'm not a hand, I do not belong to the body, it would not, for that reason, cease to be part of the body, we are the body of Christ, same as if the ear, <laughs> thank you, Ben, should say to the eye, oh, yeah, nice little wink, good. I'm not an eye. It would not, for that reason, cease to be part of the body. You know what's significant about that? God has arranged for you to be here. You know, what Paul was doing was he was addressing a few issues in the church, and by the time we got here, he is dealing with people who thought, you know, I'm a bit of a, a, bit of a somebody, I've got these amazing giftings and, and talents, and I'm, you know, I'm an apostle, I'm an evangelist, whatever. He's, uh, he's dealing with people who have got a little bit of a self-inflated idea of themselves, walking around, and there's a bit of division. But who knows if we would be, all be like that? We've got a few challenges going on. He is reminding us we've all been arranged here. The foot's got a place. If we don't have the foot, we don't get far, do we? And if we don't have hands, we can't do a lot. We're doing a whole lot of this, right? Or a whole lot of walking and you're wondering why you're there. <laughs> Each one of us has been arranged by God to be here. And I think what is significant is it can be easy to sit here or to turn up and go, I don't know what I can bring. This morning I want to challenge you with this. If God has arranged you to be here, why? That is your challenge this morning is to go, God, show me why I'm here. Because each one of us has a significant part to play. That's why I really love, and I can't see Emma here this morning, and that's okay, but I really love that piece of art that she did for us around one of our echoes, which is we are better together. Who believes it, that we are better together? And I love that piece of art she did because it's got like circles and funny wiggly worms and all sorts of things. There's beauty in that diversity, right? Awesome. So John, can't say to Jess, well, I'm not like a Jess, so I don't know what I'm doing here. They need each other. 
Just like Ben can't say to Ben, well, I'm not a Ben. <laughs> ben one and Ben two. You know, like banana one and banana two, B one, B two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't need you. I don't need you. No, can't do that. Then it goes on to say, as we were alluding there, the I. Who was the I? Yeah, yeah, nice. Can't say to the hand, I don't need you. You know, in the church, if you're an I and you're someone that sees and observes and God gives you vision, you can't be so inflated that you go, I don't need the hand because we need the hand because the hand is what reaches out and does something, right? The church needs to be the church, not just a social commentator standing there having a look at what's going on and telling everyone their two cents worth. No, we need the hand to to reach out and make a difference and transform our city. Just like, uh, what was the next one here? The head. Well, we didn't have a, a head, but we'll change you, Ben One, to the head. Can't say to the feet, I don't need you. You know what's interesting here? Is contextually the head actually isn't any one of us. The head is Christ. Christ can't say, I don't need you. Because it's Christ's plan, the blueprint of the church, that he would participate with us in transforming our community. What an incredible thought that For each one of us, God doesn't sit there and go, I don't need you, Dave Pearson. I don't need you, Bevedere. Doesn't happen, right? He needs you. He participates with you. I was having this chat with a a guy the other day who, what I love, it was an absolute God moment because, don't worry, you guys can sit down soon. Absolute God moment, okay? He reached out. He thought I was still in advertising. Um, I said, no, I'm actually a pastor now. And he was like, awesome. He's like, I want to talk to you anyway. And we just had this one-hour God conversation in the middle of his office, okay? And um, what I love is we're having this conversation. He was talking about how his life is being transformed right now. He's like, mate, just in the middle of COVID, I just started to hear God speaking to me and just going, hey, you need to do this. Hey, you need to do that. And we were talking through and making sense of what God is doing. And what I love is in the middle of that conversation, he was talking about how God had given him a vision for how he makes a world for the businesses he works with, how it can transform the lives of people who work with him. And he fell into, he was talking about, he's working through that trap of how we think that ministry is what happens here. (laughs) That ministry is what happens here on a Sunday. It's part of the piece. It's a piece in the puzzle. But no, each one of us is participating with God in what he's doing in our world. I think of legends like Bebedea. When you're doing your job and you feel like sometimes, you, like we have that conversation of sometimes you feel out of your depth. But what I love is it's very clear that God has placed you and arranged for you to be in that moment. Not just to make the events that you work with an incredible thing, but to speak into those people's lives and to bring hope and to bring faith. And if God can do it for you, he can do it for them.
an amazing part of the body of Christ. But we also need each other, right? We need to support, be there for each other. We've all got a part to play. So number one, God has arranged for you to be here. Number two, there is unity in our diversity. You know, unity doesn't mean that we're all the same. Unity doesn't mean we're all Pastor Don. That is very encouraging because sometimes I hear the stories that you have passed on and I just go, oh my goodness. <laughs> sometimes I hear the stories of what some of you guys step into and I go, oh my goodness. Or I look at how God has gifted you and I go, man, like believe it or not, I'm not that organized. That just scares me. <laughs> there is beauty in our diversity, but also... Without diversity, we cannot function as a body. We can't be a body without the feet, the hands, the ears, and the eyes. Like, let's just look at this for a second, the thumb. Have you guys ever stopped to look at your thumb or your big toe? Have you ever noticed how weird they are? <laughs> they, are they do look quite strange. Without a thumb... You wouldn't even pick up anything. It can seem so insignificant. I'm not going to point out and say somebody's a thumb this morning. Um, but it can seem so insignificant. But without it, the head can't tell the hand to do something and pick something up. Same as the big toes. The big toe, fun fact, don't know why I researched this, but anyway, fun fact, the big toe takes as much weight as every other toe put together. And without it, you can't actually walk properly. You fall over. In fact, um, with training and with the right kind of insole to help you, you can learn to kind of walk and not look drunk. Um, but actually, no, without them, you fall over. A big toe. We need each other. It's critical, each one of us being part of the body for us to function. What our, what our city needs, what our world needs is for the church to be the church, for the church to be a body, for the church to step out, each one of us in our function being who we've called to be, arranged by God, purposed by God, to see transformation come. As we've read, we can't think we're too important. <laughs> Sorry, the irony, because John is super humble, Pastor John. The irony. We can't think we're too important. The day that we get so self-inflated about ourselves and what we deliver is the day we miss what God wants to do in our world. The day we get too self-inflated and too caught up in what we do is the day we miss out on how much transformation can take place. It reminds me of something actually quite um, profound my dad once told me, which was, uh, you can make yourself famous. This is when I became a pastor. You can make yourself famous or you can make Jesus famous. Pick one. And I thought that was profound, a reminder not to get caught up in yourself, to remember what this is about. We also can't be, remember where it talked about, I'm not a hand, so therefore I'm not part of the body. We can't lone wolf it, guys. 
The purpose of the church being the church is we are better together. We can't lone wolf it. We might trick ourselves and tell ourselves, man, I'm doing some amazing things out there all by myself, but we need each other. We are better together. Now, when I say that, I'm not talking about, for instance, you've, um, you've gone off and you've done something incredible, like we've got some incredible legends here. Dave Crossman, I think of even Mel Brenton, who did the marathon. You! Even um, Michelle, who's just done the Queenstown Marathon. I'm not talking about like on a... Oh, Max was giving me a wave. Hello, Max. Um, I'm, or was it to Papa John? Um, I'm not talking about like there might be a Sunday and you go out and do something like that. I'm talking about where you go, you know what, I don't need the body anymore. I'm talking about when you go, you know what... I've got a, a great relationship with God and, you know, me and God are tight and I'm just going to do my own thing. No, there is importance in the body. There is importance in the church being the church. That's why I said the church should never be an event. The church should never be a club. The church needs to be the church. Have we got that? Okay. Next point, and I'm not going to read it. This is the homework for you guys, is the next chapter, which is 1 Corinthians 13. I had to have a laugh the other day because um, I was at a wedding, and it was read out. Who's ever been at a wedding and 1 Corinthians 13 is read out? And it's great because you're like, yep, love is this and is like this and not like that. You know, love is patient, love is kind. It's not selfish and self-seeking. And, and you kind of go, oh, yeah, how's my marriage going? Can I tick? Tick, 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 tick. And fun fact, Kim and I married 10 years as of next weekend. You! I'm pretty sure we had 1 Corinthians 13 read at our wedding. And so I'm standing there at the wedding, and I'm, Pastor Don's reading this out, and I'm like, is that a check? Is that a maybe? <laughs> Why does it have to start with love is patient? No, uh, not patient with Kim. I'm just impatient. Uh, tick, tick, question mark, hopefully. No, definitely no cross. No. No, the context of 1 Corinthians 13 is to do with us being the church and the body. Sure, it's to do with marriage because that is a great relationship. But we've just talked about the He's just talked about gifts, just talked about the body. We need each other, and it says, and now I'm going to show you the most excellent way, and Paul begins to talk about love. And this is your homework. You're going to read it. Because love is the circulatory system of the body. Love is what pumps around from the heart through the body to make it work. And I love that it says in here, who cares, basically, if you speak in tongues of men and angels? It's, without love, it's just a resounding gong. Who cares if you do Christmas hampers and you put on events? If there's no love, it's, what is it worth? Number three. So number one, God has arranged you to be here. Two, unity and diversity. It's critical for our function. Number three, it's all about people over programs and process. If we keep people and love at the forefront, then the hand works well with the feet and the eyes 
with the ears. Let's give these guys a hand because they need to go back to their seat. Thank you. So good. Oh, yeah, so good. Great shorts. Ben won. Great, great shorts. Now, I do want to end with this last verse, okay? And it's in Ephesians 4, it's 15 and 16. This is another place where he's talking about unity in the body and the body and love and the importance of love. And it says here, speaking the truth in love, we will in all things grow up into him who is the head, that is Christ. From him, the whole body joined and held together by every supporting ligament grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. I want to encourage you in this. In a society where we think so much about personal growth, in a society where we think so much about self-help and, um, and self-progression, I want to encourage you that as the church, we need to think about corporate growth. We need to have a mindset that isn't just how can I grow, but how can I help Kim grow? Kim needs to have a mindset, not just how can Kim grow, but how can she help the young mum grow, young mums grow. Jess, absolute legend. One year into leading young adults. You. It's not just about her own personal growth as a leader and how she ministers, but it's the growth of her team. And it's the growth of the people in her care. And for each one of us, it's about corporate growth. Because as we grow together, it says that we grow and build ourselves up in love. It's really hard to be selfish when you're focusing on someone else's betterment. It's really hard not to love when you think about somebody else and how can they grow. And it's about growing up, building itself in love. It's growing up into him who is the head. And that's why I want to finish on this. Christ is the head. We need to be submitted to Christ. You know, the day that we say that we want to follow you, Jesus, is the day that we go, what is important to you? The day that we go, God, I'm sick of off-roading, stumbling, making dumb mistakes, trying to decide for myself what's right and wrong, and I just seem to stuff it up, is the day that we go, Jesus, I, I need you to be number one, is the day that we go, Jesus, what is important to you? And in John 17, what is incredible is it's recorded that Jesus prayed for Inspire Albany in 2020. Did you know that? How crazy. In the Bible. You know, often we're reading the Bible and we're going, cool, he's talking to the church in Corinth. Yep, how can we get something out of that? But actually in John 17, he prayed for us. And it says this, my prayer is not for them alone, talking as followers with him, but I also pray for those who will believe in me through their message, that all of them may be one. And if we skip down, it says, may they be brought to complete unity 
to let the world know that you have sent me and that you love them. Do you know the greatest witness, what our world needs, is for the church to be the church. The church to be the body, not another event, not a political party, not a commentator on what's going on socially, not just a club, but a body. A body submitted to the head, a body that recognizes that we are better together, a body that recognizes that, sure, we put on programs and there's a process and there's a way that the hand needs to work with the arm that's attached to uh, the rest of the body with signals sent from the head. Sure, there's all that process and things, but let's not fall short of that we are all people and that we all need each other. Are you guys encouraged by that? What I want to do is I just want to take a moment where, why don't you close your eyes? I want you to ask God this question. What do I need to do to work better as your body? Because I know all across this place it's going to look different for everyone. What do I need to do to work better as your body? Thank you so much for listening to this podcast. We pray that you would activate something in your life and shift your life towards Jesus. If you like what you heard and you want to hear more, just click follow. We love you. Have a blessed week.